0: Well, praise God, we will, uh, we have uh, on Wednesday nights, at least my time with you on Wednesday nights, been talking about faith. Um, I actually took a little time today and I went back and kind of looked at through the course of the year, you know, we're talking about the life of faith or living a life of faith and um, and I hope you're not getting bored with it because uh, we have, uh, you know, I think this is our number either 16 or 17th message on faith this this year, and uh, at least on, you know, the Wednesday services, and and uh, so today I'm still going to talk some more about it, and maybe kind of take a little spin off of some things we did last week, and kind of where we ended, and then kind of jump into some things, but uh, let's look at some of our key verses, our beginning verses, just our opening, uh, Mark 11, 22, please, if we could have that up there, It's just, of course, uh, context of Jesus has been asked a question because of the, the fig tree that He cursed had died, and And so uh, the boys had a question for him. And so he's answering, have faith in God, right? I mean, no, that's just just smart. (laughs) If you're going to put your faith in something, it probably should just be in God. Amen. Now, the word faith, of course, remember this word, uh, Greek word is pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S is how it's spelled. And it just means, you know, to believe in or have a belief in, to um, have confidence, reliance or assurance. Amen. It's actually, uh, trust is a key word. Um, in fact, that's if you, in the Old Covenant, the word trust is really the, it's, you know, faith, you know, that's really what it is. And uh, so, you know, to um, have a conviction, that's another word, another synonym for this word faith, to have have conviction in and uh, stand with some conviction, praise God. And that's, you know, if you're going to say you have faith in God, then you, you ought to have some conviction about it. All right? Amen. Amen. Let's look at uh, 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 the Amplified. Is that the next translation? I think I gave you that. Every week we kind of look at this. And he just adds to it in the Amplified translation constantly. So how many know that we should have faith in God constantly? Yeah. Amen. Not just, not just uh, when it seems convenient. <clears throat> Come on now. You know, the times that seems inconvenient is probably the times you need to do it the most. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Amen. amen. when you feel like, I don't feel like walking in faith. Well, that's probably when you really need to the most. Amen. So it says the Amplified adds to it constantly. And I think I gave you the message translation. I kind of popped that in there. Uh, Jesus was matter of fact. Embrace this. I love this. This God life. Everybody say God life. And this God life. Really embrace it and nothing will be too much for you, right? This mountain, for instance, just say, go jump in the lake. No shuffling or shilly-shallying. Amen. And it's as good as done, praise God. That's the message translation. But I wanted to bring that bring that out because of the God life. This is this is how we live. This is a lifestyle. It's not it's not just some uh, you know some uh, point of view. Uh, it's not just uh, you know some uh, uh, you know somebody's you know personal opinions of things. It's not just some uh, you know thing that there's certain certain uh, maybe. Certain sects or groups of of believers, uh, you know, think that this is this is all what they believe in, and the rest of them, uh, you know, maybe don't even look at it. Come on, somebody, how I many? of This is a way of life. It's not just you know, you know, just uh, you know, some people's doctrine. It's a way of life. It's how we live. We should always have faith in God. We should always walk with trust in God, with our assurance in God, our reliance upon God. Amen. A conviction uh, of God. Amen. And so, with that said. We also put Hebrews chapter ten. Um, of course, we've uh, taken time through the course of some of this uh, series where we've kind of read through all of this early on. So uh, we're just now kind of just taking out a key verse here or there. It says this verse thirty eight says now the just shall live. They live or conduct life, live life, just everyday living. That's what that word zoe. Okay, so I'm not zay or uh, it's not zoe but zoe. Okay, so it just means a. Uh, a way of life, a way of living. Amen. The just shall live by faith. Amen. Uh, Now, the word just is the word, uh, you know, uh, just, justified, justification, righteous, righteousness, all of it's the same words. It just depends on how it's used in a sentence. uh, But that's talking about you. That's your identity. That's who you are. That's who you are. Amen. You're not trying to be just. You're already the just. You're not trying to be righteous because you're already the righteous. You're already righteous. Why? Because of what Jesus did, right? See, it wasn't based on you. It was based on Him. You know, all you had to do with it is just said, okay, yes, and you received Christ, right? And, you know, as I said many times, sometimes that could even be debated, right? Because it says the Holy Ghost is what drew you. Come on, somebody. So you might not have had hardly anything to do with it. Uh, no. You did agree, though. That We we'll give you that. Praise God. But when you made that decision for Jesus then because based on what Jesus has done for you, the Word says He made you the righteousness of God or in a place of right standing or just or justified. Amen. So He's talking about you, the just. In other words, believers, you and me, faith people. Come on, somebody. You know, believers, believing people. Come on, somebody. Come on. Believers, what, shall live by faith. That's how we live. And He says, if anyone draws back, my soul has no, no pleasure, no delight in that. All right, so the bottom line is faith is always moving forward. Amen. Of course, the next verse talks about, you know, we're not of those who draw back to perdition or destruction or ruin. We're those who move forward. That's who we are. Amen. So look at your neighbor and say, we're a move forward, people. So anytime you're going to live by faith, you're going to move forward. You're not going to draw back. Anytime you draw back, we got trouble, Bubba. That's a fact. Anytime you're backing up, we're going to have issues. And somewhere along the line, there's going to be issues. You're either just going to have the results of that mess, or you're going to create some kind of mess, or you're going to sit here and try to justify your mess. Either way, we're going to have trouble. So look at your neighbor and say, no backing up for you. Have we settled that? All right. Amen. Okay, let's, uh, today, where we're going to jump out of, we're going to go to 2 Corinthians 13, in verse 5, and um, this was a verse that we kind of ended uh, last week we were talking about um, uh, faithfulness. Last week and the word pistia, uh, okay, which faithfulness is dealing with. Uh, you know, to uh, you know, faith is to believe in, but faithfulness is about being true to what you believe. So you can you can be a faith person and not be faithful. Are you hearing me? You can have a faith doctrine and not be true to it. Come on now. And we brought out a lot of things last week about, you know, you could be anything, and we could talk about anything. You could say, I believe in marriage, but if you're not true to it, <laughs> you know, so you're not being faithful. Come on, right? Loyal or whatever. That's all kinds of other synonyms that work for that. Devotion, loyalty, all that kind of stuff. Now, I'm touching on that just briefly because where we're going to go with this uh, right off the bat. So we kind of ended here because we were talking about how faithfulness will bring promotion, but then you have to also remember that faithfulness brings promotion, but if you're not faithful, you could lose your promotion. You could, you know, you could lose what you had. And so that's why the Scriptures talk about examining yourself. You know, keep yourself in check, right? Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith, right? So today we're going to talk about a faith being examined or tested, all right? Test yourself. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? In other words, are you forgetting who you are? Are you forgetting who's in you? Are you forgetting, you know, that you're a believer, that you're a child of God? Come on now, right? Sometimes that's what happens. We forget who we are. We start living back there, kind of, you know, we, uh, you know, we were supposed to bury that old man. Some of you have been dragging coffins around a little bit. Come on now. and You know, try to perk that guy up every now and then, you know. I don't know what the deal is, but... Uh, anyway, uh, we're supposed to leave that guy, you know, buried and, and walk on in the new man. Come on, somebody. And uh, so it says, do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified? Now, nobody wants to be disqualified. I said nobody wants to be disqualified. All right, so let's define a few words, and then we'll kind of go into what we've got to do here today. So the word examine, uh, p-e-i-r-a-z-o, okay, it's p-e-i-r-a-z-o, okay, probably doesn't matter most to most anybody, but But the bottom line is it means endeavoring to to keep in check, all right, to scrutinize closely, it means. Uh, It refers to a discipline inspection, okay? Now, it says here we examine who? Yourselves or ourselves, right? So I'm not called to necessarily examine you, and you're not called to to examine me. And, And even in context, we're not even
1: called to examine God. Because in all honesty, I mean, we're the ones that, I
0: mean, he's not changing, so we're the ones doing the changing. So we have to keep ourselves in check uh, so we're not backing up, all right? And he says, test yourself. So let's look at that word real quick. And doc imezo, because it kind of has some of the same same, uh, root words, but not exactly the same. But it means to prove or approve. It refers to an area of discernment, to distinguish or analyze something to try or put to the test. Okay, that's where they get the word test. So trying or to put it to test. So in other words, we're examining ourselves, we're testing ourselves, amen. And again, it says yourself. That's, we do it ourselves. We take, In fact, the Scripture even talks about uh, in 1 Corinthians, it deals with uh, you judge yourself lest you be judged, right? I mean, and, and the word there, it's actually there are two different words, the word judge, and I, I can't remember now the reference. I think it's 1 uh, Corinthians eleven thirty one. I believe it is. And uh, it just, it brings out, you judge yourself lest you be judged. And the first word, judge, means you stop, look, and discern. And then the second word, judge, means in a judicial fashion. So in other words, you stop and take a look at yourself lest you be judged judicially. In other words, everybody else is going to judge you a certain way, right? Come on, but you, you yeah, pass a sentence on you, you know. So you, if you stop and discern, now the reason I bring this up is because when we're talking about examining ourselves or testing ourselves. We're not talking about condemning ourselves. We're not talking about, you know, uh, you know, riddling yourself with guilt and condemnation because you've done something wrong. Are you hearing me? But you should learn to stop and take a good look at yourself once in a while. Amen. Discern some things. Amen. Stop and make sure, keep yourself in check once in a while. Are you still with me? So let's look at a few translations. I don't know how many we got back there, Ben. I, I have several here, but uh, do you have the message translation on that? Let's put that one up. It says it this way in the message translation. It says, test yourselves to make sure you are solid in the faith. That's probably a good thing, right? Now remember, we're talking about a, a, a faith being examined or tested today. Uh, so, obviously, we could do this. We could test ourselves to make sure that we're solid in the faith. Look at your neighbor and say, It's good to be solid in the faith. All right? Don't drift along taking everything for granted because sometimes this is what happens, isn't it? I thought this a pretty good translation for this because sometimes it's how we get in trouble. We just kind of drift along. We just kind of move along. We just, uh, you know, we kind of get casual with our faith. Uh, a lot of Christians do that. We get to a certain point and then we just get casual. Now, just for whatever it's worth, years ago, I don't know, 20 years back, somebody made a statement, and it kind of stuck with me, uh, but casual Christians become casualties. They do, because once you start backing up, we got trouble, and no, nothing good ever comes out of it. So, But what happens when you drift, Now, everybody say drift, does anybody know what drifting is? I'm not talking about with your car. Well, oh, that's pretty cool. That's fun. But we are talking about like if you're out in a river, right? You're drifting, right? Uh, like, uh, you know, we could say, uh, you know, a guy, maybe he's canoeing upstream, okay? You're canoeing, and as long as you keep paddling, you can keep that baby moving upstream, all right? Have they ever canoed? Am I the only one that's ever canoed? Okay? And, you you know, you, as long as you know what you're doing, you can go upstream with a canoe, amen? But you stop. Stop paddling. Now you're going into drift mode. <laughs> What happens? I mean, for a little bit, you might just kind of go pretty soon, and you'll find that river all of a sudden just starts gradually turning you. Next thing you know, here we go. That's drifting. And so a lot of folks, that's how they live. They get going pretty soon, maybe for a while in their life, they're doing this, and, and uh, just for whatever it's worth, uh, going, living by faith is always going upstream. Just a fact, because the world ain't going to live that way. So you have to be willing to go upstream, but once you start backing up or quitting or giving up or just getting casual, you begin to drift, all right? So it says, don't drift along taking everything for granted. Here we go. Give yourselves regular (laughs) checkups. Some of you need a checkup from the neck up. (laughs) Amen. So give yourself a regular checkup. Amen. Keep yourself in check, right? Uh, you need firsthand evidence. Amen. I like this. You need firsthand evidence, not mere hearsay that Jesus Christ is in you. In other words, we don't need to hear, you know, you trying to convince us Jesus is is living in you. We want to see some firsthand evidence. In other words, we want to see your faith in action. Amen. So here we go. Test it out, right? I love this. I, I love how he puts it here. Test it out. If you fail the test, do something about it. <laughs> You know, if, you, if, you're not, if you're not where you need to be, well, don't just try to make excuses. Come on, just make a shift, make a change, and get back where you belong. Look at your neighbor and say, that sounds like a good idea. Amen. All right, right, give me another one here. Let's, uh, what did I give you now? The New Living, maybe? The New Living Translation? Oh, we got that one. Okay. Examine yourselves. This is that first, or 2 Corinthians 13 again. Examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. I like that. Test yourselves. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. Everybody say genuine. It means real. Amen. Hallelujah. It's not, uh, you know, it's not, you're not hiding anything. You know, hidden agenda. I mean, it's, it's real stuff. It's really going. It's really living. You're seeing fruit of it. Praise God. It's obvious. It's evident. Praise God. So you check yourself to see if your faith is genuine. Let's, uh, let's see, do you have the Moffat, did they find the Moffat translation back there? Well, let me just read the Moffat translation then. It just says that you yourselves must continue testing yourselves to see whether you are continuing in the faith. I like that, whether you're continuing in the faith. You must continue standing the test. Do you not know by a growing experience that Jesus Christ is in you? provided you stand the test. In other words, you stay with it. You continue standing. And then we're going to talk some more about that here in a minute. So one more. Let's read the Amplified. I think we got that one. Here's the Amplified. Are you doing okay? Am I boring you tonight? No. All right. Examine and test and evaluate your own selves to see whether you are holding to your faith and showing the proper fruits of it. Well, these are some of the things we're going to talk about tonight. Test and prove yourselves, right? Not Christ. I like that, right? It ain't. He's not the one that's changing here. He's not the one that's up and down. He's not the one that's all over the map. Come on now. Test and prove yourselves, right? Do you not yourselves realize and know thoroughly by an ever-increasing experience that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless you are counterfeits, disapproved on trial, rejected, okay? Now, nobody wants to be there. I better define that word because I don't think I did that earlier. Uh, disqualified just means unapproved. It uses words like cast away, okay, uh, or rejected, as you see here in, in the amplified. Uh, it means ineligible, inadequate, or inept, okay? Now, nobody wants to be that person, right? We don't want to be disapproved. We'd rather be approved, right? Uh, and you have to understand the Scripture talks a lot about being approved or Disapproved. So, I mean, you can't can't just move along without, you know, at least looking at this and getting an understanding that, you know, you do need to check yourself. The Word says take heed to yourself, you know, multiple times. So that's a good thing, to examine yourself. Again, I'm going to throw this out there. We're not here to condemn ourselves. We're not here to beat ourselves up. Come on. We're not here to somehow riddle ourselves with guilt and condemnation Instead, praise God, we see, we recognize, we make the adjustments, we make the changes, we move forward again. Look at your neighbor and say, Move forward. Move forward. All right, praise the Lord. So, with that said, I'm going to talk about uh, uh, this self examination, okay? About, uh, you know, the fruits, you know, showing the proper fruits of it. And what, do you, what, do you, what does that mean by examining ourselves? What do we, how do you do that? Uh, what, would, what would be the procedure? to examine ourselves. Right? I mean, that's a fair question. And so, with that said, we'll start with a verse that we used last week just because of what we touched on last week, and that's out of Revelations chapter 17, please. Go ahead and put that up there, if you will. Revelations 17 and 14, it says this, "...these will make war with the Lamb." Uh, and the Lamb will overcome them. Of course, we're coming in the middle of a statement here, but here it says, For he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and those who are with him, everybody say with him. Remember, this was our key verse last week. Those who are with him, is anybody with him? Yeah. Those who are with him are what? Called, right? Chosen and faithful. See, many are called, but few are chosen. But if they've been called and chosen, and here, and Faithful. In other words, you're true, amen, to what you believe. Because there are a lot of people, that's the fact, okay? They don't stay with it, all right? So here's how, kind of how it came to me, all right? Uh, we we self, There's self-examination by our allegiance, amen? Are we, do we have some allegiance to this, amen? Do we have some faithfulness, amen? Are we loyal or true? Are we devoted, amen? Because it's kind of, you know, you can kind of check yourself. You know You know whether you're being true to it. You know, are you being loyal to this thing? Uh, Are you you devoted? Do you have some allegiance to this? Amen. See, there's a lot of things that people say they believe, but they don't show any allegiance to it. All right? Uh, They might believe in prayer, but they don't show any allegiance to it. So so we don't see no prayer life. So there's no fruit of it. Are you still with me? Uh, You can say, I believe in the house of God, but you're not loyal to it. You're not faithful to it. You're not devoted. There's no allegiance to it. So, you know, it's, Everything else takes a higher priority. You just sneak in when, when it's convenient, okay? Uh, so you're not, being, you're not being true, come on now, true to what you say you believe. We can go on down the line. We can talk about all kinds of other things, all kinds of uh, doctrines that we say we believe in, but we don't hold true to it. We're no, there's, no, there's no allegiance to it. There's no, there's no devotion to it. Okay, we're not, we're not staying devoted. We're not staying locked on st- to,
1: to things. So we can check ourselves, examine ourselves, by how loyal are we to the, to the things we say we believe? Do we just do those things, uh, you know, because it's convenient?
0: Or are we true to it? All right, so that's one way we check it. Of course, we spent all last week talking about faithfulness. All right, so I don't want to re-preach that sermon. But I wanted to kind of spin this just a little bit because out of Galatians 5, if we do this, Galatians 5, <clears throat> and uh, a verse that a lot of times we've, we've kind of you know, grown up in, in this, this life of faith, we, a verse that's kind of a key for us was, uh, of course, we're kind of, again, coming in the middle of a statement, but uh, he's bringing out a life that's you know, standing fast and, and uh, staying locked on and he says in verse 6, for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything. So in other words, it ain't about a bunch of do's and don'ts, okay? But it's what? Faith working through what? Through love, okay? Uh, faith, one translation, I think it's the, uh, I think it's J.B. Phillips, I believe it is, uh, says it this way, he says that faith expresses itself in love, okay? But now, a lot of times, you know, I've heard it taught and preached, and not that it's wrong, but people talking about <clears throat> without a love love walk, <clears throat> your faith won't work. <clears throat> and not, not not denying that, but in all honesty and in real in, in really in context, it's dealing with a love toward God. Okay? Because your faith works, I mean, through uh, you know, through your love for God, your love in God, and love for God. Now, of course, of course it does deal with your walk in God but it's dealing with an affection in Him and for Him, okay, when you look it up. So it's dealing with, you know, uh, you know your faith works through, again, you know, an affection toward God. In other words, as I brought out earlier, uh, an allegiance. So in other words, if you love God, your faith's probably going to be working. Because just think about you know, if there ain't no love there like you, you say you love God, then chances are you're not going to stick to stuff. You're not going to stay with it. Come on, somebody. You're going to be a tough crowd, are you doing okay? All right, now, now listen. Okay, faith works through love, okay, through affection in Him and through Him, for Him. Amen. So, uh, we're not, again, I'm not taking away the fact you should have a love walk toward others, too. And if you the word even brings out, <coughs> talking about love that, you know, that's how you can tell you got a love for God when you're loving others. Just spend a little time in 1 John, and it'll kind of bring that out. So anyway, so we're not taking away from that, but I am letting it be known that in this text, it's dealing with an affection towards Him. Amen. Do you have a love for God? Amen. Your faith's going to work because you're,
1: you're willing to go the distance. You're willing to go all the way. It's amazing what you'll do for those you love. Let me try that one more time. It's amazing what we'll do for those we love. Okay? And when you have a love for
0: God, amen, it's amazing what you'll do. amazing how you'll stand. You'll stay with it. Amen. Praise God. Uh, Mark 12 uh, and 30, a common verse. You know, we love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Amen. So uh, love God with all these uh areas, Thank you, Juan. Uh, with, uh, you know, with your, uh, with your heart. With your soul, your mind, right, and your strength, okay? Now, we, uh, we've we done full sermons on this, but the bottom line is, it's just, again, talking about an affection toward God, amen, having a, a heart that's totally for God, amen, your soul here, talking about deep, deep thoughts and that kind of thing, the mind, will, and emotions there, uh, strength, dealing with uh, out of your own abilities and with everything about your, uh, you know, what you... Bring to the table everything you're doing with all your heart, with all your love, amen, with all your strength. Why? Because you have an affection towards God. Still with me? Amen. Everybody say allegiance. Amen. So one of those ways that we check ourselves, where's our allegiance? I mean, it could be because we don't really have much of an allegiance, then that might explain why our faith might not be working like it should. Are you still with me? Think about it, because that's the facts, okay? We're more likely to stay with it if we've made Him first place. If He's first place, you're more apt to stay with it. Because, I mean, faith, uh, to walk by faith, um, you know, sometimes, well, most times, walking by faith means you can't be moved by anything in the natural realm. So sometimes the only thing that keeps you going forward is your love and your affection toward Him. You stay with it. Why do I do this? Well, in the natural. I don't know why I keep doing it. Well, why do you do it? Well, because I love God. I have an allegiance toward Him. I love the house of God. Okay, I love the house of God. Not just because I'm a preacher. I became the preacher after I had a love for God and a love for His house. Come on, somebody. And uh, uh, if I'm traveling or going somewhere, if, there, if we have an opportunity to go to a house of God somewhere, we're going to do it. Because I love the house of God. And I love the house of God because of an allegiance, a love for God. Some people are looking for a way not to go to church. It's truth. It's truth. Okay, well, you know, oh, we got this going, I can't go. Well, it's too bad. You know, I, that's a bummer. To me, it's like... I, I go because I have an allegiance. Well, you just don't understand being busy. Really? <laughs> I understand being busy. And, uh, but there's just something about it. So if we have an allegiance, see, you're, in other words, you're making Him first place, um, it, it, you're, you're more apt to stay in faith. You're more apt to stay with it. Okay? Now, we're talking about examining ourselves. And there ain't nothing fun about examining ourselves. And some of you are going, yes, amen, sir. (laughs) I get it. But these are ways it says says to keep yourself in check. Why? Because you don't want to be the one that's disapproved. You don't want to be the one that's, you know, shown to be in a counterfeit or, you know, end up being rejected or whatever. Come on now. All right. Uh, How about this one? Okay. By our allegiance. How about this? By our acknowledgment. Or I could say our covenant acknowledgment. Okay. Our words. First Timothy. Let's look at that. Amen. Somebody say, "Praise the Lord." Moving to something else here. Amen. All right. First Timothy, chapter six. Come on. Sometimes you can tell where you're at with your faith because of your words.
1: Your words. You can actually police yourself just by your words, where your conversation
0: goes. And if you if you can be honest with yourself, you can check out. You can pretty much check out where you're at with your faith. Because you're not going to be in faith for something, you know, and staying in faith for something if you're over here saying something completely opposite. Are you with me? So you examine yourself. One of those ways you examine yourself is check your words. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold unto eternal life or that quality of life, amen, to which you were also called in here and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. The word again confess or confession, okay, Homos logia, which means same words, two words, two Greek words that makes up that word, homoslogios, okay, which means same word, but if you look at it in concordance, it just says a covenant acknowledgement. In other words, you're acknowledging your covenant, you're talking what He says. See, in those moments, you're going to find out where your faith is, if you're going to be examine yourself, see whether or not you're in the faith, if you're testing yourself Your words then should be in line with what he says about whatever it is you're believing for. Come on now. So you don't go in the prayer room and pray one thing and then walk out of the prayer room saying something the opposite.
1: You just negated what you prayed in the prayer room. Now this is all about examining ourselves. Am I talking words of faith or am I talking doubt and unbelief?
0: Now, remember the word doubt, uh, uh, the root word for doubt is this, which means two, twice, again, Um, but it means really the word doubt. When doubt comes into the picture, what is it? It means a second thought or another thought. So when doubt comes, you're saying I'm believing, but then it says, but when you doubt, it says don't think you're going to receive anything. James 1 brings out. So doubt, in fact, remember when Jesus addressed Peter, even though he's walking on the water. Ah! He walked on the water, but then he looked, the word says, and saw the the storm. He got focused on the wrong thing. And the word says, Jesus uh, rebuked him, said, why did you doubt? Why did you have another thought? Why did you get yourself caught up on that? And now, ah, so he began to sink. Jesus, of course, you know, grabs him, and I always believe that he brought him back up on top. I don't believe he dragged him back through the water in the boat, to the boat. I'm pretty sure he got him back up. And, uh, but brought him back, and then he rebuked him. You think, my goodness, nobody else got out of the boat. He's walking on water. But he, he rebuked him for his doubt. See, sometimes that's where you find, you know, this, you have a second thought. And all of a sudden, if you don't watch it, see, uh, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth starts talking. So if you get a second thought and you keep meditating on that pretty soon, you start talking it. And the whole time you're over here believing for this to happen, but you're over here all mad and upset or worked up or whatever, and now we're saying something completely opposite. So you can check yourself or examine yourself, whether, whether you're in the faith or not, by your words. Woo! Look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad I came tonight. Mark eleven twenty three. 23, put that up there. Of course, we've read verse 22 earlier, have faith in God. But Jesus brings this out. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever, what, says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says, right, will be done, he will have whatever he says says. So what are you saying? See? So if you're going to say, I want that situation, that word mountain just means that which towers over or that which tries to overcome you, all right, whatever that is, that mountain you said under that mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. The word says it would obey you, but if we're going to doubt, all of a sudden now it just like it negates it. So we're telling the mountain to be removed, but then we turn around and say something completely opposite. A lot of times we get in trouble because we give guided mountain tours. That happens a lot. We want to tell everybody about our mountain. So we give guided mountain tours. And instead of saying, no, I told that thing to go, and it's gone. Praise God. Amen. And uh, so, you know, you have to understand that uh, you can have whatever you say. So obviously we better keep a check then on our words. See, Jesus says, "Not what goes in the mouth that defiles you; it's what comes out your mouth." Right? You know, by your words are you justified, and by your words, your own words, are you condemned? Uh, Solomon brings out, he says, uh, "You know, death and life are in the power of the tongue." You know, what you want to say that's going to determine what what you're given. What you're given uh, um, given a license to? Are you given a license for the blessing or for the curse? Based on words. So look at your neighbor and say, we've got to guard our, our words. All right. So, uh, you know, through our uh, uh, allegiance, through our acknowledgement, amen. One gentleman said this one time, and I, I don't know if I can do it total justice, but uh, he says, if we, don't, uh, if we don't have faith to move our mouth, how can we have faith to move our mountain? So in other words, if everything's always going to come out your mouth wrong, can't even keep them things in check. How you expect to move your mountains? Just something to think about. Amen. So, how about that? So, allegiance, acknowledgement. How about this? Our actions. How many know your actions determine things? We're talking about maybe like the, the fruits of this, you know. Uh, you know, so, you know, so the, the proper fruits, I think is what the Amplified brought out of that verse proper fruit, proper fruits, amen, of our faith. Uh, so James 2.20. you gotta, you got to read out of James 2 if we're going to talk about this for sure. All right. So James 2. So if we're going to examine ourselves and we have to find out, our, do we have right actions? What's our actions? Okay. Verse 20. Now, this, he says it about three times in this text, but verse 20 says it this way. He says, but, uh, 2.20 of James, uh, but do you want to know, o foolish man, that faith without works is dead? In other words, your faith is going to be dead or idle okay, or non-existent, okay, non-moving, come on, non-breathing, come on, somebody, your faith isn't going to function without works. Now, this word works just means corresponding action, okay? you got to have some corresponding action. So, in other words, if you say you're believing something, one of the ways you can check yourself is, is there a corresponding action? Am I doing something
1: that 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 action is is basically fruit of what I believe. Is there a corresponding action?
0: Okay. Well, I'm believing God is going to protect me. Then why are you freaking out? Oh, well, wait a minute, Pastor. Don't get so... No, 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 no. Listen, I'm not trying to... Uh, listen, we're not here to condemn anybody, but we have to check ourselves. If we're panicked with fear... About something. Listen, there's no condemnation. We have
1: to work through this. We got to check ourselves. Because you're shutting down your faith. Your faith ain't breathing right now. Are we done tonight? Or are you okay? You're just all listening, right?
0: Okay, right. So if there's no corresponding action, in other words, the action that we're doing right now is negating. What we say we're believing, then we have to understand that you just, you
1: just, in a sense, buried your faith. Right? You know?
0: And, you know, the chapter before this is what he brings out. He's listening. He says, don't think you're going to receive anything. If you're all over the map, if you're up, you're down, you're in, you're out, by every wave of the sea, like some wave of the sea, you're tossed around. One minute you're believing, the next minute you're freaking out. One minute you're believing, the next minute you're, you know, you're saying this. and One minute you're believing, the next. See, what you've done, you keep negating your faith.
1: You with me? <clears throat> anyway. So,
0: corresponding action has got to be something we check. All right? So, what kind of action are you taking? All right? Uh, Hebrews 11 and 2, put that up there if you will, brother. Um, it says, for by it, and talking about by, your f- by faith, because that's what he's talking about in context. Uh, by faith, uh, the elders, patriarchs of faith here, the ones that they, he, gets, he starts talking about through that whole chapter, all the patriarchs of faith. It says, by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. Everybody say a good testimony. In other words, they provided evidence. In other words, there was a corresponding action. So if you go through Hebrews 11, you know, Moses and Noah and Abraham and Isaac and and, and David and and, and Daniel. All all of them that are mentioned in in Hebrews 11, or, or at least the stories mentioned in Hebrews 11, shows every one of them had an action... That was evidence of their faith. It was fruit of their faith and why they got the response they got because of their action. Okay? They all did something, and as a result of what they did, it manifested the thing they were believing for. So you have to, somewhere along the line, have to understand that you've got to keep your actions in check. So if you're all over the map with our actions, then why is that? Now, again, no condemnation. We're not here judging anybody. We're just saying, listen, so stop and take a look at it. If we're all over the map, if we're, we're fearful when we shouldn't be fearful, then we have to, okay, so we got to get back in that word, get that thing alive in us so that we're not panicked, we're not fearful, we're not saying things we shouldn't be saying, we're not acting in ways we shouldn't be acting.
1: I mean you just keep yourself in check. I mean the book says examine yourself. I mean when I see an ex- you know examination or or to be examined, I mean it's
0: like you know it's like you're you're you know you're under the lamp, you know. You know, and you got the lamp on you looking at every part of your life you're going okay See, when something isn't manifesting, we don't turn around and try to somehow scrutinize God. Well, God, I, I just don't understand why, why you're not, what's the deal? And It ain't God that's the problem. It never is God. God is never the problem.
1: God isn't changing. See? So, if there's something wrong, it's probably...
0: somewhere along the line. And it could just be a minor just a just a little tweak in something. But that's why you get the lamp on there, right? And, sh- right? and you say, "Oh, there it is." A little bit of fluctuation in how I'm acting and how I'm talking and whatever. And then you just make an adjustment. I said just make an adjustment. I mean, I mean, let's think about the goodness of God, the blood of Jesus, the mercy of God, forgiveness, the blood of Jesus. And what what the price. Uh, we've been redeemed. So we ain't here to say, you know, our whole life go, well, you know, I blew up my words, so I guess, I guess my life's. No, no. Just make an adjustment. You just stop and say, Lord, I did something stupid again. Forgive me for What I did, forgive me for what I said, hallelujah, change me, rearrange me, make my heart right, clean me up, praise God, hallelujah, thank you for bringing it to my attention, amen. I stepped into the light, and all of a sudden it started revealing things, come on. So I make that change, make that change, make that change, Woo! now it's flowing. I mean, isn't the name of the game to get your faith working so it gets something done? I mean, I don't want to just go around telling everybody I got faith. So, once you know I got faith, I've got faith. Okay,
1: James even said, "If you got faith, then show me." Well, okay.
0: So obviously, we're going to have to take a look at our actions. Woo! Glad we got through that one. Amen. How about this one? How about this one? Um. Let's see here. I know I skipped a verse there, bro, but let's let's move to uh, 2 Corinthians 5. Put that one up. Here's another one. By what we focus on or being more moved by how things appear, being more moved by the seen realm than the unseen. So I just put by our attention. In other words, where we give our attention. So who's winning in the fight for your attention? Okay. 2 Corinthians 5 says, and for we walk by faith and what? Not by sight, not by how it looks. So we can't be moved by how it looks. So here's a way to check yourself. Am I, am I being more moved by how it appears right now? And that's it. you just check yourself. You know, yeah, I'm, just, I'm always so, ah, why do I get so caught up in it? Why am I letting this bother me? Are you still glad you came out tonight? All right. So, this is just stuff you got to check. Because it could be right now we're being all over the map because we're too
1: moved by what it appears. But we walk by faith, not by sight.
0: And of course, uh, the next verse says, you know, brings out that uh, to be absent from the body, it's talking about to be present with the Lord. And the point being made is that this uh, how many of you believe you're going to heaven? Anybody in here believe they're going to heaven? Yep. Now, do you believe heaven is a place? Not a deep question. Do you believe heaven's a place? Yeah. Do you think it's a good place? Yeah. I mean, even the world, when they talk about heaven, at least describe it as a good place. They may not know anything about it or know the source of it, but they just at least know when they're talking about heaven and hell's two opposite ends of the spectrum. Right? And there is a place called heaven, there's a place called hell. But we all believe there's, you know, a heaven, and we all believe we're going there. But you've never been there. Now, there are a few people that, you know, had an out-of-body kind of thing and all kinds of stuff, or maybe, you know, they died and got resurre- you know, raised back up or whatever. Okay, I get that. But most of us have never been there. But yet you believe it. And you have, I mean, you'd fight tooth and toen if I said, I don't think you're going to heaven. Some of you, men,
1: he'd be willing to fight. But I say, you're, you're, you're the healed. Well,
0: now, wait a minute. Or your, your, your needs are met according to his riches. And glory. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, 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 the same God that says that you're going to heaven, the same God that says that you're healed and that you're provided for, that he'll deliver you, he'll protect you, he'll cover you. He'll cover your kids. Because some, sometimes we forget, yeah, well, I better take care of that one. No, 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 let him do it. He does a whole lot better job of it. Come on now. But see, we forget these things. So, come on now. So the bottom line is this. We walk by faith and not by sight, how it appears. So yet, a so way to check ourselves or examine ourselves. Am I being more moved by how things look right now? Okay, that's worthy of looking at. So if that's the case, so what do we do? Again, we dive into that word. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by that word, right? You start talking to uh, the word, the covenant acknowledgement, keep saying the right things, praise God. What we want to do is change that picture, which I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here a little bit. We start changing that picture, praise God, so that we don't, you know, when we see something in the natural, we're not
1: moved by it. Listen, we're not denying what's in the natural, Faith doesn't walk ignorant. It's not ignorant of what's going on. But if you want to
0: change and you're trying to use your faith to change whatever it is, then you can't be
1: moved by how it appears. That's the challenge.
0: And we've all been there. Ain't a person in this room or listening or watching by Internet right now. It hadn't been in a place where we got more moved by how it looked or how we felt or how, come on. We've all been there. But, see, if you examine yourself, if you test yourself, you recognize, wait a minute, right now I'm being a little bit more freaked out by how things look right now. Okay, then let's get it it handled. Let's get this thing settled. Come on now. All right. Uh, chapter 4 and verse 18 of the same book. Amen. Put that up, if you will. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. That unseen realm, right? We're more moved by the unseen. For the things which are seen are temporary. That word temporary means subject to change. Everything in the seen realm is subject to change. Everything. I don't care what it appears right now. It can be changed. Amen. Scriptures are very clear. You go back to Hebrews 11, it'll tell you that. Amen. That everything even in the seen realm was made by the unseen. So everything in the seen realm that is temporary can be changed by the unseen. That's what faith does. You connect your faith to something and you shift and change the seen realm, amen, by drawing on the unseen. How many believe there's an unseen? Yes. Amen. There's more activity going on in this room right now in the unseen than there is in the seen. And most of us, if all of a sudden we could see it, most of us probably pee our pants. I know I could have probably brought something else up, but, that's, <laughs> but it works. That's just a fact. Some of you would be running out the back door just to find it's out there too.
1: So you have to understand, okay, we either believe in that unseen realm or we're wrong. It's not about do or don't. It's about you either do or you're wrong
0: because there is an unseen realm. So what you're doing is with your faith, attaching yourself to that unseen realm, amen, that's why it says calling things that be not as though they are, not calling things that are as though they're not, it's calling things that are not as though they are. In other words, I'm that thing in the unseen realm that I'm reaching for. I'm calling it, bringing it in. Come on, into a seen realm because the seen realm's temporary. It's all subject to change. And for whatever it's worth, if you want the cat, stop calling the dog. You got to say the right things, right? Anyway, that's another. I'll leave that alone. But anyway, come on now. So you're gonna to have to, you're gonna to have to, amen, understand that the seen realm is always temporary. So what we look and we focus. I love this. While we look not at the things which are but at, in other words, we're supposed to be looking at something. We're not supposed to be looking at the seen realm, we're supposed to be looking at something else. What? Well, the unseen realm. Well, well, how do you do that? Right? Well, that word in front of you is a big part of it. Amen. There's all kinds of avenues. Part of it is, uh, you know, God gave you an imagination for a reason. See, the problem is it's been perverted for so long. Anytime you talk about the imagination, everybody gets freaked out by it. Imagination was designed by God for you. Amen. At times, you can literally shut your eyes and see this thing shifting and changing. Some of the things that the Word of God talks about, some of the stories I've meditated on so so long that I've literally been there. I've been there. okay. And you just think I'm animated. (laughs) I've been there. You meditate on it long enough, pretty soon you literally see Jesus ministering to that person or, or that person coming up and what happens when Come on, when this is addressed and that's taken, I mean, it's just, it's just all of a sudden it begins to unfold. Well, God designed that to work so that you could stay, stay focused, amen, on the unseen, amen, so that it will change the seen or the temporary or the subject to change, amen. Can you agree with that today? Yeah. Amen. This is, this, well, these are stuff you can check, right? So are you more moved by, by, uh, by what appears or how it appears or more moved by what He said? Amen. Hallelujah. You're more focused on the unseen or on the seen. That's what's one of those ways you can examine yourself. Okay, one more, or actually I got a couple more, but let's look at one by our anticipation. I kind of kind of gave that away a little bit by, by our hope or our expectation. Uh, Hebrews 11:1. 1, faith is the substance, right, of things what? Hoped for or expected or anticipated. Okay? So in other words, what you expect or what you anticipate is what your faith gives substance to. And we've we've talked on that just even a few weeks back. We talked about hope, uh, talked about that inner picture, uh, because whatever's in that inner picture determines what your faith's given substance to. And that's a thing called hope or expectation or anticipation. All right? So what are you expecting? So you've got to kind of police it. What are you expecting? Well, I'm expecting the worst. Okay, then let's change that. Because if that's what you're expecting, you have to understand that you can wish all day long for something to change. But if you're expecting the worst, what is your faith given substance to?
1: The worst. Doesn't matter what you're wishing for. Well, I don't like that. Then change the picture. Stop expecting that.
0: Well, I just don't know how. To, I don't know. How to, then get your faith working in the other direction. What does Jesus say about it? What did the Father say about it? What's the Word of God have to say about it? Amen. Start getting that thing working, and you praise God. Amen. So you're not expecting the worst. One guy said it this way: uh, uh, We believe for the best,
1: but we expect the worst. We don't get what we believe for. We get what we expect. So, anyway, it's something you got to check.
0: Where's your expectation? Romans 15 and 13 talks about abounding in hope. Okay? Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in what? Hope, amen, or expectation by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about expecting good things. Well, you spend enough time with the God of hope, and pretty soon you'll abound with hope. Right? Come on, you know as well as I do, hang out with a depressed,
1: depressed person pretty soon. You want to shoot yourself. Come on. Gets on you. It's like, oh, my gosh. Huh? Jump and shout, shout it out. It's
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that stuff they put on the clothes, you know, to get to shout it out. That's what You got to shout it out, pray. <laughs> anyway, never right. Hallelujah. The point is this. You know, you know as well as I do, man, an atmosphere can change. You can get in there and just get around people that are all depressed. All of a sudden, you're just like, what's up? I don't know. It's just thick in here. What is it? Just heavy, right? But you get in an, expect, uh, an atmosphere of expectation. In other words, you get around the God of hope. All of a sudden, hope, I mean, all of a sudden, you literally tap the realm, amen, a realm of expectation, a realm, praise God, where all things are possible, a realm of possibility. That changes everything. But if we're not hooking up with that, then we hang on. We're connected to a realm of limitations. And we're always limited and we're always confined and, you know, boxed in by walls of containment. And, and everything, nothing, everything looks hopeless. You hear me? So you get around the God of hope, spend some time with Him. Pretty soon it changes that picture. Pretty soon, we're not thinking hopeless thoughts anymore. Pretty soon, we're thinking thoughts, amen, of, hey amen, this thing's changing. We're coming up. I'm, I'm walking whole. I'm walking well. I'm walking every need met, every debt gone. Hallelujah. Bills are paid. Praise God. Marriage is well and whole. Hallelujah. I mean, all this stuff, man, pretty soon, you're, you know, that's the kind of expectation you have. <clears throat> now, we'll try to get this message done in one, all right? Does that work for everybody? Come on. But we're talking about examining ourselves. And I know sometimes it ain't, it ain't fun. It's, it's, it's fun to examine ourselves until we get on our thing. Then it's not fun anymore. I like it when we talk about your thing. <laughs> well, somewhere along the line, we're probably going to find your thing. Uh-huh. All right, so, amen. The Word says in Romans 5 that hope does not disappoint. So it's good to have hope, good high expectations, amen, so your faith can give substance to it, praise God. All right, well, last one here. How about this thing? Here's another thing that we can check ourselves. All right, well, let's see which ones we got here. We got allegiance, acknowledgement, actions, attention, anticipation. And here's another one. How about attitude? I saved that one for last. <laughs> in other words, your posture during pressure. What kind of attitude you got? Oh, man. We all need an attitude adjustment once in a while, don't we? Woo! So I, I did this. I went to Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 here. Put this up, if you will, brother. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run. Everybody say, run we got a race to run, right? Let's run with endurance, right? We say with endurance, the race that is set before us, okay? But verse 2 then tells you how you're going to do that. Looking unto Jesus, right? Staying focused on Him, who is the author and finisher of our faith. Why? Well, because for who, who for the joy. In other words, He's our example, right? He's not only the author and finisher, He's also our example. He's the one that shows you how to take it from just, you know, being authored to being finished, okay? So He's our example. Who for the joy that was set before Him, endured the cross, despising the shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So He, for the joy, everybody say the joy, joyfulness, that word means, cheerfulness, gladness, all this dealing with an attitude, really think about it, okay? Uh, the message translation in verse 2, is that what you got, brother, did I give you that one, the message Okay, let's see, well, so it's one through three, so let's look at uh, it. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it, it means we'd better get, get on with it. Here we go, strip down, start running, and never quit. That's verse one. Verse two, no extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sin. Oh, no, actually, it's verse one still. Keep your eyes, here we go, keep your eyes on Jesus uh, who both began and finished this. Let's keep going here. You got more there. Ra- finish this race we're in. Study how He did it. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed, come on now, that exhilarating finish and in and with God, here we go, this is why I put this one in here, he could put up with anything along the way, cross, the shame, whatever, and now he's there in a place of honor right alongside God uh, when you find yourselves, praise God. So he put up with anything. He could put up with it, anything. So, well, what well, What do you mean put up with anything? Well, sometimes that's what knocks you off. Something happens,
1: it's like, ugh. It was just, it's like one minute you were on top. What's the deal? Well, I just got a phone call. <clears throat> what about for the joy what's set before you? You can't be moved by that. You can't be moved. Move forward. Don't let it get to you. We have to examine ourselves sometimes. Sometimes
0: we let our attitude get the best of us. Something happens. Somebody is like, oh, this is, this is sometimes. We, I, I got a guard on this one because you get another phone call and you want to go, ugh.
1: What's their problem? I don't know, but you got
0: one now. <laughs> right? All of a sudden the attitude, well, you're just shutting everything down. And one minute I'm praying, believing, God, you're changing, you're moving, you're doing. Well, that'd probably knock your faith off. So you have to examine yourself. Am I letting everything that happens around me get to me? What kind of attitude do I got? Maintaining joy, cheerfulness, gladness. Come on. I put... uh, uh, is it Colossians? No, Philippians 2, right? Philippians 2, is that what I gave you? Start talking about attitude. you got to at least get this verse in there because let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You know, it goes on to talk about everything that He did, was willing to lay it all down for everybody. But most, about half your translations, not most, but probably half your translations say, let this attitude, because it's a mindset, let this attitude be in you, this posture, Be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus that we're meet. So in other words, he wasn't moved by everything. He knew what he had to do. He stayed focused on what he had
1: to do. He went and did it even though there were moments. He had moments. Come on. Moving along doing what he should be doing, all of a sudden he gets word his cousin got beheaded. So what's he do? Well, the word says he went off to a
0: deserted place. Why? Making sure his attitude stays right. <laughs> Stay in faith. Right now, I'd like to march in town and tell that, that dude a thing or two. Like that we could storm the gates. We could... Get even. We could, right? So, what's he do? He goes off to a deserted place, keeps himself in check, and pretty soon here come all these people again and had, had nothing but a healing service. But what would have happened
1: if he would have let all of it get to him? I'm just saying. You know, we can go on and on. How about, you know, just, I mean, how
0: about the disciples? We're on praying. It's, it's down to the crunch time here. It's down to the wire here. And he comes walking back and sees the boys all sleeping. Really? You know, I'm just going to leave you guys all by yourself. You're on your own. See you. Bye. He could have done that. He addressed it. Could you, not, could you not pray with me for at least an hour? Right? He addresses it, but, but he, kept, he kept himself in check. He was, just, he was just basically minutes away, right? I'm just saying that, you know, to think that maybe Jesus doesn't understand these things would be, a, would be, you know, a deception. If anybody understood about things trying to take your joy, things trying to take, you know, knock your attitude down, he yeah, had things happen all the time. So all he's asking is that we have the same kind of mindset, the same kind of posture under pressure, amen, the same kind of attitude that he had. He stayed locked on. I mean, we're talking about our faith. Staying locked on to what you're believing for. Staying locked on to where you're headed. Don't let all this stuff get to you.
1: This is the one i got to work on the most. I don't know where you're at on this list, but that's the one i got to work on the most. And
0: so I have to constantly keep myself in check, keep myself focused. Come on. Not be all over the map because somebody decided
1: they didn't want to. Okay. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Let's go, let's go, let's go.
0: Gene Simmons? No, what's the guy? Not Gene Simmons. That's a, that's a Kiss guy. Who's the other guy? Who's the other Simmons guy? <laughs> I know, Who is that? Richard. Richard Simmons. <laughs> Little different. Gene Richard. You know. Yeah, there are two on. There are definitely two ends of the spectrum there. <laughs> uh, that is for sure. <laughs> yeah, really dating myself. Anyway, praise the Lord. Yeah, well, you know, he didn't let a little fat get him down. He just stayed with it. Praise God. Encouraged everybody else. Just stay with it. Don't get down. Keep going. I know, it's a picture. you just, just can't get rid of it now. It's like, it's just there. It's like, what am I going to do with this now? No. But you got to guard your attitude, you got to examine yourselves. Amen. Am I I caving under pressure? Am I keeping my posture right, my attitude right, my mindset right? Amen. Praise God, am I letting everything that comes across in front of me knock me back? These are just things. This is only a half a dozen things, but I think it's worthy. It's probably it. You can kind of keep these things in check. You can probably keep a lot of stuff in check. Amen? Amen. But these are things you keep an eye on, things that you look at. When he says examine yourself, test yourself, these are things you look at. Amen. So, it's just things you keep yourself in check. Praise God. Did you get something today? Give the Lord a praise. Come on now. Hallelujah. Why don't you all stand up? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Woo! Hallelujah. Father, we give praise and glory once again. We are thankful for your word and for these principles today. Thank you for a people of faith, people that keep themselves in check, and hallelujah. And Father, maybe we mentioned some things today to maybe just to kind of ring a bell on us a little bit, just to maybe something we need to work on. Father, forgive us for the times that we have maybe gave, gave way to some of this stuff, but we know that you're faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all that unrighteousness. And so we receive that, we thank you for that, we choose to move forward. We choose to press forward, finish this thing, and finish it right. And I thank you for a people, Lord God, that have a faith that gets the job done, praise God. Whatever it is they're pressing for and believing for, praise God, I thank you for the manifestation of it. Those believing for healing, they get it, praise God. Wholeness of body. Those believing for a turnaround or a change or something happening at home, uh, they're getting what they're praying for and believing for, praise God. Getting getting a notch on the belt, so to speak, getting results, praise God. Hallelujah. Father, we give praise and glory for it. We thank you that every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. We thank you that you're a good God. Amen. Hallelujah. And I just give you praise for every promise. We give thanks, we give honor, we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, look to somebody and say, I'm so glad you're walking by faith. Praise God. And you are dismissed. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.